Welcome to another edition of Attempting Trek. My name is Dan. I am the one who is attempting to go through all 79 episodes. And as always, I'm here with super fan Joey. Hi, fans. <laughs> Joey, are you excited? I, I, in fact, I already know. You're excited about this episode that we're doing. We're going to be talking yes. about Charlie X. Yes. And I remember from the last one that we did that you were really into this one. Yes. Yes. I, I, in, fact, in fact, the last episode we did, I uh, kind of teased the fans about a specific moment in this show. I think uh, I know what it is. Show where I kind of got freaked out a little bit. It was a bit of a horror moment for me that stayed with me in my five-year-old brain at the time. And I'm sure you saw it, and I'm also sure that it doesn't quite look the same through our adult eyes, you uh-huh. know, 50 years later, and uh, with the show having gone through the whole... Um, um, what? Be- being uh, the show having gone remastered. through... Remastered. Oh, remastered, yeah. Remastered. yeah I, I think, okay. I kind of think when I was watching it on a 13-inch screen in, you know, 1973, you know, technology, it was probably a little bit more frightening, but... Maybe not. Maybe it was just the fact that I was five. You know, I, I will tell you, one thing that, that I, I'm getting through watching these is that I, I remember seeing some episodes of Star Trek back in the 1980s. Okay. And even though it was an old show, it didn't look incredibly old. Yeah. It just looked older. Yeah. And the effects didn't look terrible to me, and the sets didn't look like sets to me. So, like, now as I'm looking at it, uh, yeah, they all look like sets. Like, you know, they're obviously not on, on any kind of a spaceship. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't believe for a second that they're on a spaceship or that they're on another planet. You know, it's it's entirely different, that, you know, watching it now through adult eyes and also how far we've come with technology. Some shows age better than others. Uh, although, I, I know that the, the effects on, on Star Trek on uh, original series have always been sort of, you know, one of those things that you look past. Because you have to. You have to because the greater good is the story. It's yes. the writing, you know, and, and that's where we're trying to turn you into a legitimate fan of Trek you know, because at least in my opinion, while I don't believe that I'm a Trekkie or even a super fan, as you called me, I just am so in love with the idea and, uh, of Star Trek, the hope that it brings of this amazing future and um, the way that uh, Roddenberry kind of broke his back at times to tell these stories. And um, I think we got a good one here today. And you're right. I'm ultra excited about this one. Um, I'm sure we'll find some flaws in it that I will agree to. But at the same time, I think it's a great ride. Okay. Well, let's let's start into uh, into this one. Uh, Charlie X. Yes. All right. So the first thing I got to talk about is as soon as we see Captain Kirk. Yes. He is wearing some goofy other shirt. Like, I don't know what this shirt is. It's some sort of, uh, it's got, uh, what do you, I don't even want to say double-breasted, but it's got a <laughs> thing where it, it, it goes over and under, yeah. and then it's got, like, little Roman uh, gold things across the neck. Sure, it's sure. Like, right. What the hell is this? Well, you'll find, you'll see this more often, too, yeah. that as the series goes on, whenever he is entertaining guests yeah. that are of high rank, there's a dress outfit to wear. Uh, That's what this is. Okay. So this is one. Of, this is like the earlier version of that. And don't forget, this is also one of the very first uh, episodes 
that's actually in color where like you have everybody doing what they're supposed to be doing and all that. This is right out of the pilot almost. You know, so now they have the money to do um, some of the stuff that they want to do and make it look the way they want it to look. Now that we've discussed Kirk's shirt and why he has uh, decided to, dress and so now up you're not finding fancy... it, you're not finding the mockery in it that you were before. No, 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 it's still kind of a goofy shirt. Okay, I mean, it, right. there's just no way around it. But, All right, but you know what? I will tell you, as long as it has a purpose, then that's fine. Yeah, then that's a little bit better than hey, sometimes I just like to wear this because it, it, it's some sort of a Caesar thing that's going on towards the top. <laughs> it's a little funny. Well, so, he also has like some sort of. Uh, some sort of metal on it. So I kind of think that uh, when he's wearing these shirts and Spock will wear them in the future, you'll see when they oh. when they have the dignitaries there. Yeah. That it, uh, we don't know what they mean. I don't think that there's a. It's known to us. Or okay. It's supposed to be known to us, but it's sort of like a general with five stars <laughs> or something, five saying? stripes or whatever. I'm sure somebody yeah. out there knows what it means. I'm sure that maybe when it was it, they they did it. It didn't necessarily have a meaning other than the generality of what we're talking about. But at some point, somebody was digging into it and a meaning was superimposed onto that image. That could be. Or or maybe Gene Roddenberry made, made a reason for it. Uh, he, he made a reason after some fan cornered him at a convention <laughs> in 1976 and was like, well, yeah, that no, was from the no, blah, 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 No, blah. I'm not going to let you have that. because no? no, 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 because we're still in the early stages of Star Trek and, and it's clear that he's figuring some things out and yeah, and yeah, and the, things are developing so uh-huh. so he is going to create you know the actual backstories and you uh-huh. know of the of the characters uh-huh. and of, of Starfleet and all this other stuff so I think that it's possible that that's in there and when I say he I don't mean just he I mean his a lot of his writers that mm-hmm. he brought in that that helped him all right so let's yeah. move on with our story here sure so Kirk is wearing his fancy shirt because he's got some people coming on board. Yes. And it's two dudes from I don't know where, from some other ship. And they've brought along some boy, a boy named Charlie. And Charlie is kind of annoying right out of the gate. He's got his little sack of clothes and <laughs> he's there. And he's already, like, pestering Kirk with questions. I, I will tell you something, though. In this scene... With the two other guys from the other ship, Kirk is. I, the more I see Kirk, the more I like him. He's so cocksure, like he is such a confident, in control guy. Like he is in like this scene here, right, where Charlie is kind of interrupting, and the story is is that Charlie was on some planet, and uh, he was the only Faces. survivor. Uh, and and he you know had to grow up all by himself and now he's seventeen. They found him I guess a couple of years ago when he was fourteen. Yeah, when he was fourteen, I believe, right? Right, right. So he 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 was part of I think an expedition or something that crashed. I believe it was, mm-hmm. and the 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 Thasians, the people of Thasis, uh, or the beings of Thasis, they came and they saved him. It's a lot like. To me, this is very similar to the cage, the original pilot, where you had the the woman I forget her name now, where um, she was like the only survivor. Oh, that's right. Yes, right, that's right. Yes, yeah. it's a lot like that. Uh, what was her name? Vina. Oh, I don't know. 
Okay. You should know. I know. I should. I, I know. I, I should. Know. We're doing this way too late. It is way too late. It's very late. Way. Yes. 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 Well, anyway, it, it's it's similar in that sense that these are these uh, superior beings that you know try to save the human um, using the tools that they had, um, and they did the best that they could. And in Charlie's case. Um, well, actually, in the in the in the, the case of the cage, they just, of course, used their mind to trick her into thinking that yeah. she was healed and beautiful and young and all this other stuff. In Charlie's case, I think that they actually what they did was they gave him they gave him power. You know, they helped him, and we're going to get to that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So these guys are dropping him off, and now he's. I don't know. Kirk's going to take him somewhere. He's he's going to deliver him to some other place. Is that the idea of going? That's going on uh, with with Charlie's involvement on the ship. And as soon as he gets on the ship, Kirk's talking to the other two guys for you know the guys who are dropping him off. And Charlie is interrupting. And at first, you kind of feel, oh, okay, he's just some sweet kid. And doesn't know any better because yeah he doesn't know any better right and he's asking questions like oh wow there's a bunch of other humans on this ship how many people are here how big is the ship right uh, what's what's the world's fastest animal you know he's asking all these <laughs> questions and it it's at first mildly endearing and then quickly annoying and i i do love that kirk points out to him all right you're being rude yeah just dial it down a little bit young man it's interesting that he instantly assumes that 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 control yes he says listen let's not that's not that's not cool man you can't behave that way charlie that's rude i'd like to see your ship now all of it the people and everything you keep interrupting mr evans that's considered wrong and and the other two guys are not doing that nope and I, it appears that Charlie immediately cows down. He's like he's like the dog that you bring home from the pound, you know. And like you're the master, and like you lay down the law immediately. No, you can't behave that way. And like he just sort of like you know cowers, you know, in the corner or something, kind of briefly. Mm-hmm. And there is a weird interaction between Charlie and his handlers. Oh, there's a question about that. Yeah, there's a weird interaction and, you know, he makes a weird face when Kirk is not looking and his eyes roll back into his head and he's, he's obviously he's doing something and those guys are just smiling and getting the hell on off that ship. Yes, yeah, so it appears that they were about to say something that he didn't want them to say. Ugh. So there's more to the story that the viewer is being clued into, although we don't know what it is, and it's also happening. Be it's escaping the the you know Kirk's um, you know perception at the moment, right? Like it, there's this communication between Charlie, the handlers, as you're calling them, yeah. right? But Kirk is oblivious to it at the moment. He just thinks, okay, fine, we're gonna take this kid, we're gonna you know bring him to this other you know, to this uh, other to this next station. And we're going to help him out. And he does not know that there's this communication going on, like where they're where Charlie's saying, "Hey, don't say the the, the thing that you're about to say." Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. You're right. All right. So, <laughs> all right. There's so many hilariously entertaining things in this episode, and one of the first ones is when Charlie runs into Miss Beehive. Yeoman Rand. Does she always run around with this ridiculous hairstyle? I gotta ask. I think so. Yeah. I right. think so. And so, I just want to remind you yes. that I'm incredibly sympathetic to her. Oh. So yeah. you oh. you want to call her Miss Beehive. She is... Listen, unless the Beehive goes away, she's Miss Beehive. 
because it's impressive. Although, I do see in this episode, she's not the only one running around with that hairstyle. Somebody else has one, not as impressive. <laughs> but somebody else has one that we're going to talk about later. Remember on that she is the third yeoman to appear, mm-hmm. and um, she is the one that is sticking. She is the one that she is the one that is. Sti- she gets, she's going to get fired at some point, according to you, right? I didn't say that. I'm saying that so far, oh, she has yeah. lasted. Oh, right? oh, we've, oh I we've see. seen them go through three. Oh, oh I see. You mean in, in the episodes that we have seen thus far? Yes, right. That's correct. Right, 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 right. So, and she's being given lines. Oh, right? no, she's, she's a major part of the show, from what I from what I have experienced thus far. Okay, good. She's got a major part here. Yes, she had a major part in the last one that we were watching as well. Right in the man trap, which is kind of a lot for what. You know the role that it would, it would appear to be in a show like this. She's the yeoman. Yeah. You know she's bringing the coffee. She's bringing the reports. You know she's not. She doesn't seem to have a more integral role than that, than those kinds of jobs. Mm-hmm. So you know, but I also know where it's going to go with her. So I'll just tease you on that and leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so Charlie is given to yeoman Rand, and he tells, "Hey, look, take him to the Doctor McCoy. Check him out." But, really, Charlie is all about Ms. Beehive. Well, he Holy asks a cow. very important question. What is the important question that he asks? He, oh, oh, is it, are, are you a girl? Yeah. And then he turns to Kirk and says, is she a girl? Is that a girl? That's a girl. <laughs> it's a great question. Right. Right, so that tells you where he's coming from. Yes. He's almost like this uh, this boy in the woods, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, he's, he hasn't been raised around humans, and if he has been around any humans at all, apparently none of them were female. Yeah, what a drag. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't know how to handle that. Uh, no. and, and the, the He's more blown the, away by it. The more this episode goes on, we'll find out. That, yeah, he does, he does not know, and he is completely blown away. By by the beehive, by by Yeoman Rand. By Yeoman Rand. Yes, I keep saying it. And right. It, 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 does it bother you a little bit? That a little I say bit. That? Little a bit, little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I'm very sympathetic like, to her. I, I like the more I see it bother you, the more I want to say. You probably it. so. Yeah. This might be the last one we do in person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. Oh, you to, that's right. I should point out we are doing this one in person. I think it's this clear to the uh, two people that have been listening to our podcast so far that yes. this one sounds a little different. It, Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's a little... Uh, Hi, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now we have Charlie. He's going and ch- he's getting checked out by Dr. McCoy. And I do like that Charlie is doing some sort of weird exercise where he's pushing some, I don't know, some blocks into a wall. With his feet. With his feet. Yes. And it's, you know, it's, it's testing his exercise, testing his health, testing his stamina or something. Right, right, he right. He gets a, a nice clean bill of health from Dr. McCoy. Yep. And everything seems okay. And, and McCoy well, is impressed that, you know, how is it that, you, that you've learned right. how to talk, being there for 14 years? How is it that, you know, you were, uh, you were alone for all this time? How did you maintain? How did you become what you are? Right, and he talks about the fact that the ship that he was uh, that he had uh, crash landed with, uh, that he just actually just used the memory banks. So he's just saying, hey, you know, he's actually not giving a lot of information. Yeah, he was three years old when it happened. Yeah, and you know, he had some food, and he had the the ship's memory banks, and everything just seemed to work out okay. 
it it doesn't seem like like how much memory banks could you have to last you right that long right right oh okay okay so all right now I'm I'm getting it here's something I didn't get so he was three when it happened right so it's been fourteen years that he's been alone right so he's seventeen right because right? I knew he was seventeen and I knew there was. 14, so I was thinking, wait, did they find him? No, no, no. He's 17 here. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, so they just found him, this other, you know, the, the, his handlers. Like, yes. He's a recent discovery. He's a recent All discovery. Right. See, that makes more sense because I'll tell you, I was a little confused. Okay. I knew he was 17, and I knew the, the, the number 14 was involved as well. So. Okay. Yeah, it's just been 14 years that he's supposedly, allegedly been on his own. I see. Right. Okay. Right, and now how how long has he been with the handlers? I don't know, but I do like the next scene here where he starts to bump into all these people that are just doing all sorts of cool stuff on the ship. That is this this is one of the reasons why this show is this episode is entertaining. Is there's all this random stuff happening on the ship? This set piece where they're in the engine room or something, and they're coming out of a I don't know a a staircase. That's in a tube. Right. That's a tunnel. Right. And all these guys are running around, and running around in jumpsuits, and it, it's parts of the ship that you never see. And I'm right. always fascinated by that on TV shows that have regular sets that you're used to all the time. So I, I, I honestly, I start thinking, oh wow, they had to build. For, I start thinking about how they had to build it, and oh okay, this is what had to happen. In order sure. To happen. Sure. Right? I want you to continue to enjoy the first season of Trek. Okay. (laughs) All right. So it's quickly where where Charlie is uh, taking a liking here to to Yeoman Rand. Yep. And he's bringing her a present. Yes. What is the What is he giving her? He was able to somehow make some sort of a plant, some sort of a flower, and he brought it to her. Hmm. He thought that this would work. You know, you usually. But now he's. But here's the thing, though. He sees something when he was watching the other guys work together, <gasps> and then he he okay. thinks he thinks oh, that this is a good moment to do to apply what he learned from the human interaction of I the of the other fellas. God, man, because I didn't I didn't notice that. It seemed like he just did it on his own. No, nope. so I'm talking. So what we're talking about is after he has, he gives her the little present. And they have a little conversation. They're going to actually talk later, and they say goodbye. And he swats her on the ass, gives her a little pop, right, right and, there. But I did not realize that in the previous scene that it happened. I'm thinking, where did he get that from? Right, right. Okay. So it makes sense. He's yeah, right, he's now, trying to learn. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. he wants to impress her. He's he's picking up the human vibes that this is acceptable and it's like uh, it's it's not only acceptable it's liked right this is a way to be liked you know and that's what he ultimately wants so he wants to be liked by her he wants to be liked by other people well at least at this point we know he wants to be liked by her so he does that and the reaction is actually not what he expected yeah no it it doesn't go over very well and she tells him look you, you can't do that and he asks why, right? Because and it's a legit why, it's absolutely. Not like being a jerk, it's yep. like, wait, why can't I do that? Right. And and she gives him the answer. Of, well, listen, go ask Captain Kirk and uh, go ask Doctor McCoy and, and you go ask the boys. They'll tell you why the you fellas can't beha- you can't behave like that, right? Which is a little on the hilarious side. Just don't go around slapping girls on the. It's okay, but uh, just don't do it again. 
Because it's rude. That's why. <laughs> you think that would happen, but no. Well, in his case, that's not going to be acceptable because he's old enough now where you you know you could say that to someone who's eight or nine, yes. right? But now you have to explain a little deeper why because he's he needs he just needs more information. You know, so now this is where the struggle is going to be. Is like, how do you reach this this boy who's growing into a man, and but yet has the experiences of a boy still? Do you know how old this actor is that's playing him? By the way, do you know anything about the guy who's playing uh, Charlie? I don't know how old he is, but I can tell you that he comes back. In one of these um, fan-generated movies that they have online. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is very interesting. I haven't watched the, the whole actor? thing. Yeah, same guy. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. right, right, right. He's angry. He's looking for Kirk. You know, it's all. This. It's really cool. Um, but I haven't watched the whole thing. I don't think so. I would guess since this episode is, you know, what is it like fifty-one years old, something like that. Um, well, he's got to be pretty darn old. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, now, I'm just thinking in this episode. So uh, he he's probably very close to 17 at the time. All right, all right. And he looks doesn't he look the part? No, he he does he does look the part. He's definitely not built like a man. He hasn't filled out. No, 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 absolutely not. Right, right, right. So I I think you want this actor, whoever's going to play the part of Charlie X, you want it to look like uh, a boy. Yes. You know, who's tall enough to be a man, but he's just not built like a man. Yes. All right, so our our next scene is on the bridge, and you've got Kirk and Spock and McCoy all talking. And McCoy brings up, hey, you know, some things I don't fully understand about his story, about this kid's story. How was he able to last so long when he seemed to have limited resources? And while he's bringing up maybe what could be some sort of a conspiracy theory, uh, ultimately Kirk puts it in terms of, look, He's a boy. He needs our help. That's what we're here to do. That's all it's going to be. That, that's it. That's all. Let's not have this conversation. He he lasted this long. That's all that matters. Right. Our next scene is one of the best scenes ever in anything. <laughs> it begins with Spock with an intergalactic harp. It's a ba- It's the Star Trek band. It's... What is happening in this scene? This is the Star Trek crew cutting loose at a a (laughs) bar. And uh, it's after hours. (laughs) Everyone's off duty. Spock is playing a harp. I can't tell you how ridiculous it looks. It's amazing. It's like I wish the scenes like this were in every episode. (laughs) It would be the best show ever. Did you catch any of the lyrics that Uh, Uhura was singing? Yeah, it was kind of... She starts singing a song. Uhura starts singing a song, yeah. and it's kind of making fun of Spock. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's kind something of about a, him being a devil. Yeah, it, kind of, yeah, it is. That's right. <laughs> that is right. Yeah, right. it is all about mocking Spock. Yeah, but it's all in good fun, and everyone seems to be enjoying it. Yeah, and it is weird that it's just like, hey, Uhura, just start singing, and she just starts busting out some songs. She's making up lyrics on the spot. She's doing some, re- you know, even though it's the future. It was the '60s. This is. This is some original freestyling. Is they're they're riffing. Yeah. yeah. They're riffing. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's right. 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 Yeah, and Spock is just, you know, going off with the harp. It's just a couple of guys in a garage with a couple of drums <laughs> and, and, and guitars, and yeah. they're just getting down. And there's a bunch of extras hanging around. They're sure. also just having a good time. Oh, yeah. You know, drinking and, and playing cards or whatever it is that's happening. 
And then Charlie walks in, and Uhura decides, well, I'm going to sing a song about Charlie. And he sing- she starts singing a song about how Charlie has a thing for Yeoman Rand, because she's there as well. Right. You know, they were supposed to meet there after, you know, they all, you know everybody got off uh, um, their shift. And it's honestly kind of a little sweet song, yeah. I think, that yeah. she sings to him. Right. Oh, Charlie's our new darling, our darling, our darling. Charlie's our new darling. We know not what you'll do. But it makes him feel very uncomfortable. He doesn't like all this attention. Right. Everyone starts looking at him. Right. And so here we get, uh, since he doesn't like it, he does some of his little voodoo. We, we, we see clearly he's got some bizarre ability. He makes a face, and now Uhura is having some trouble singing all of a sudden. Right. All of a sudden, the words aren't coming out so swell. Suddenly, she couldn't uh, sing about him anymore. Yeah. yeah. It, it just yeah. kind of stopped. Right, right. And so, all right, this is good for Charlie. Not so good for Uhura. Right. Although it, it's fine because now we're, we're get to move past the heart. But you, but the observation that you make, just like the viewers make, no one else makes on the show. I don't think anybody actually sees him make the face. It's no. just that all of a sudden, she can't find her voice anymore. She's like sort of you know gasping for air, mm-hmm. and it just seems like it's sort of a normal you know human you know thing that might happen to you. You know, you just you're choking or something for no reason at all. Nobody notices that it's connected to Charlie. Charlie then takes the time to impress his girl, Ms. Beehive. Uh, Janice with, Rand. With a... Uh, Yeoman Rand. <laughs> I'm sorry, what's her name? Yeoman Rand. Okay. So he decides to press Ms. Be- impress Miss Beehive with uh, some card tricks. Yes. Takes the cards. <laughs> and this is a very good trick, by the way. Oh, sure. He's got some very good card tricks. You can't do this trick. No, I can't. He takes these. <laughs> he takes three cards, shows them to her, turns them around. She's on the cards. How about that? Hey, look! Now there are pictures of you. Right now, this is the kind of trick that's so impressive. <laughs> yes. that I would be demanding an explanation. Like I, I don't think I would just let it go. I don't think I'd be clapping. I don't think I'd be applauding and like, yeah. you know, laughing about it and saying you're wonderful. Yes, I might be like mildly freaked out. Yes. It is it is that good of a trick right. that it is something that you will you would be freaked out by. Right. All right. So he impresses her with a little bit of card trickery. And now, after this scene, we get a great scene where, well, I I was uh, Charlie goes to see Kirk and well, listen Captain Kirk, I got to ask you a question. <laughs> well, all right, what is it you, you want to ask me? Uh, how can I help you, young man? Why is it that I can't swat girls on the ass? Yeah. And what's really funny about this is that Kirk, the most confident person maybe ever, do- doesn't really find a real stern way to, to convey this. I'm so, I'm so, it's so funny that... He's flabbergasted. That, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, gee, you know, <laughs> just, uh, you, well, you just can't do it. It's just, you know, she's a, she's a woman and, you know... Guys are different. Like, I, it's impressive at how he is at a loss for words. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. This moment in time. Uh, well, there's no, no right way to hit a woman. I mean, man to man is, is one thing. 
but uh, man and woman, uh, it's uh, is uh, well, it's uh, another thing. Right. It's going to be one of the few, maybe the only area, uh, the only topic that he's going to struggle with in the life of the series. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's true, but yeah, definitely he's definitely uh, caught off guard. Anyway, it's not like he saw this coming. Yes. You know, I mean, he, Charlie came up and kind of caught him in the hallway and said, hey, you know, can you explain this to me? You know, I went and he makes the motion with the hand and, you know, she didn't like it. So, like, why? So, <laughs> he's... And then the other thing that, you know, to, to, to give Kirk a little bit of credit here, um, which, you know, I always want to do on, on, on a tempting track. Sure. Um, no, no, making no bones about my, my bias, but it's still, it's still legitimate what I'm going to say is the fact that he also... He doesn't. He knows that Charlie doesn't have the mastery of uh, even the English language and concepts and things like that. It's difficult to explain things to him just to begin with. And now you want to explain something to him that's uh, tough to explain. You know, I mean, it's it kind of defies words a little bit. I guess a little I don't bit, know. a little bit. Say, listen. Girls are different. You don't swat them on the ass. Yeah, but they he's not. Like but he's not. But he's not that kind of guy. He's like, oh, okay. He wants to know why, because I said. Yeah, but, yeah, but why did you say? Yeah, because I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but why did you say you said? Because I said. They they don't like it. I don't. Right. It, it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to explain. I it's I I think it's just more for humorous sake that he can't find his words there. All right. Anyway, so the next scene is on the bridge, and that is. There is another ship, the Antares something. It's the original ship that dropped him off. And they find that ship, and they're, tr- they're communicating with that ship. Well, that ship now okay. ha- is reaching back to them. Now that they've dropped off Charlie, okay. and they feel like they're kind of like far away, they want to send them a warning. That's what's happening here. Okay. Right, 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 right. But- and they want to say, hey, listen, just so you know... There's something going on with Charlie. <laughs> hey, just so you know, he's the devil. <laughs> Good luck. Right. But yeah. what happens? Well, what happens is they go bye-bye. <laughs> they're, they're not, Charlie, is on the, Charlie visits the bridge, and the next thing you know, he's wished them away. You know, and, and it's at this point, by the way. Are you familiar with the episode of The Twilight Zone that this episode is a lot like? I don't think so. Okay, and it's also you ever you ever see um, Twilight Zone the movie because yeah. they, they remade it into that one. Yeah, it's the kid who can do anything with his. Oh mind. yeah 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 right right yeah. right right oh so okay it's, it's, once this happens where the ship is gone and it's it, okay clearly this kid can kind of do anything with his mind right. I'm I I was reminded of uh, that Twilight Zone. Episode. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he makes that ship disappear. Right. And he says something about it. Well, he's on the bridge, and he, not 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 as though he's saying, "Oh yeah, by the way, I made them disappear." It's maybe something happened. Like he says something that's a little innocuous, but also like he knows something. Yeah. Like he makes up an excuse for why that ship doesn't exist anymore. Yes. Yeah. I forget what he said exactly, but it was something about. You know, the ship not being in good shape, more or less. Yes. Right? Yeah. And also, not really seeming to care. I, right, yeah. He's very dismissive about it. Like, and then and then Spock confirms, that ship is in pieces now. <laughs> yes. It's gone. <laughs> Everybody on that ship is dead. All right, so 
once that happens, there is a call from the galley pointing out that some, I don't know, whatever Kirk would wanted to eat was there, but also that now there's live chickens. Or no, there's live turkeys. They've been replaced with live turkeys. I don't know where these turkeys came from. Yes, actually, this is a pretty cool moment here because so there's a chef on the ship, and because Thanksgiving was coming up, Kirk wanted the meatloaf to be shaped like turkeys for the sh- for the crew. And what happened was Charlie her- overheard that, and he actually turned the meatloaf into real turkeys. <laughs> but what's more interesting is that the voice of the chef. Oh. Is Gene Roddenberry? Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is very nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, right. So once that happens, um, Charlie leaves the bridge, and and Kirk is just sort of suspicious of something. Well, but he also smiled about it. He made some sort of crack about it. So yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. he says something about it. He leaves, and Kirk's. I don't exactly know what to think, but I, I should be thinking something. Well, yeah. Now he's seen a couple of things that are weird. The yes. Antares. You know, being obliterated out of the blue and yes. Charlie making some sort of weird comment about the fact that it wasn't, you know, in the best shape. And, and not not seeming to care that all those people would not be there anymore. And, and also the timing of him being on the bridge when it happens. Yes. Right? So I think he's being suspicious, but I don't know that he's figured it out. I, at this point. No. How can you think that? How right. can you think that you know this? That's person, too amazing. Yeah, it's too amazing. It's too ridiculous. And he wasn't there to see the card trick. And for all he know, right? And for all he knows about this kid, he's still just a boy. Yes. He just continues to look at him like he's just a boy. So, next scene is another scene of Star Trek chess. We've got Spock and Kirk once again engaged in battle, and once again. Kirk beats Spock by doing by by playing in a you know in a very illogical and, and unusual way, which is great. Spock's because, downfall every time. Yeah, because Spock is so. Yeah, you're you're about to lose again, Captain. <laughs> it's like, oh really? Checkmate. And so, I think at this point though, Kirk might have had enough of hanging around with Charlie because Charlie wanders in and sees them playing the chess, and. Kirk says, hey, well, you, you want to play some chess? Here, play with Spock. See you later. <laughs> well, I'd like to think that Kirk is a busy guy at the same time. I, I think Kirk was is a busy guy, but also was like, man, this kid again? He keeps following me all over this ship. Okay. I don't know how much I can take of this. Okay. I think maybe he had a little bit enough at that moment. So Charlie plays with Spock. It doesn't go well. Spock beats him in like three moves. <laughs> that's not good in chess, right? No, that's not very good. Oh, okay. In chess. All right, just making sure. <laughs> he beats him almost immediately. <laughs> Charlie doesn't take it well, and Spock is just like, "All right, I'm leaving. I've had enough." Uh, Charlie then responds to this by melting the chess pieces with his <laughs> mind. <laughs> well, then he wins. <laughs> <laughs> Spock doesn't know it, but that's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Charlie gets even. So our next uh, scene is where uh, Charlie then runs into Yeoman Rand, but not just Yeoman Rand. Oh, right. Uh, She has found a way to... uh, She's got the mini Yeoman Rand. Yes, she's got the mini her. The mini beehive. She's got a plan. Yes. Her plan is is to transition Charlie from having a crush on her 
to someone his own age. Sure. So who knew that they had teenagers on on the Enterprise? I was not aware. Well, she may not be a teenager. She just may be close. Yeah, she, she could be, be 21, 20 22 or something, or something yeah, right? Could be. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Okay. So someone closer to his age. Hey, look, she's got a beehive. It's not quite as big as mine, but... The Apprentice maybe. Yeoman. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Yes. Charlie is unimpressed. Uh, Yeah. Charlie is not impressed by the mini Yeoman rant. Not even a little bit. No, no, no. In, no. in fact, uh, hey, listen... Can you beat it while I talk to my to my real girlfriend? She like over here? introduces him, and he like imme- he looks at her, and he just like flips back his gaze to Yeoman Rand immediately. Yes. doesn't even acknowledge her presence. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty rude. And she, in return, like leaves in a huff. She gets upset. Oh yeah, well she's pretty offended, and her feelings are hurt. Yes, yes, I'm sure this has happened to you many times. Yeah, actually, this is pretty much my standard. Uh, you know. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Oh, sorry. The, okay. Attempting Trek is about me attempting Star Trek. We're not talking about, you know, my love life here. Okay, all right. Sorry. All right. I apologize for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my fault. My bad. So Yeoman Rand points out, hey, that was awfully rude, by the way. Yep. And his response is, look, she's a girl. I'm not interested in girls. I need a woman. You know, like like his attitude is... She's not you. She's just a mini... Exactly. What she, she's like the mini version of you. I don't want that. I I've seen you, and I can't get you out of my head, and someone else is just not going to be able to replace that. That's how I see it. It's, it's pretty quick that he's yeah. gotten to that point, but I totally understand it. She's the well. I, she's the first girl he's ever seen. That's what it is. It, it yes. could have been. It could have been Uhura. It could have been anybody. Absolutely. I think right. And so that's what he saw, and that's what he's into. And and in his brain, and you know, it's a very unsophisticated, unsophisticated brain at this point. You know, this is what he thinks is love. This is what he has to have. Not that he knows what to do with it. <laughs> no, right. He has no idea what to do with it. Right. I mean, good right. lord. Even I don't screw up with women this badly. So Yuman Rand's response is to go and talk about it with Captain Kirk. What are we going to do about this? Because she actually I think she's kind of looking at him like, look, I'm gonna have to like smack him or something. It's gonna it's gonna go bad if we don't do something about it. He's not taking the subtle hints yes. that are supposed to work with people in you know, in the in the twenty third century. You know, um, at this point, everybody's sophisticated enough to know what's acceptable and what isn't, and it shouldn't take a lot of communication. Charlie's not getting it, and understandably why. Please help, because then the next step, you know, if if my subtle ways aren't going to work, then I'm going to have to hit him over the head with an anvil. All right. Our next scene is, uh, well, she explains this to Kirk, and Kirk, all right, kind of gets it. All right, I, I... I get what you're saying here. I see where it's going. We don't want it to go this badly with this kid. So now it's time for him to go talk to Charlie. And, hey, by the way, Charlie, uh, you know what happened to these chess pieces over here? (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, all right, what do you think Kirk is thinking about those chess pieces? Obviously, somebody melted them. (laughs) However, how... Is Charlie going to be going around melting? He doesn't seem like he would know how to use anything that could melt things. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not a blacksmith, right? Right, exactly. Right, right, so right. 
in Kirk's mind, he knows that Charlie did this, right? He has to uh, have a good suspicion that it was Charlie. Powerful suspicion. Yes. Right. But do you think he, in his head, he was thinking like, like he was thinking, well, how could this actually be achieved? Oh, I think that there's some of that. There's like, it's got to be Charlie, but I don't, you know, there's a lot of weird things going on with this kid. Uh, I just don't know what's going on yet. Um, just not enough evidence, and no one else is bringing him evidence, right? You know, there's no video evidence. There's nothing, right? It's just these pieces are weird, and <laughs> you know, and and Spock didn't do it. And and you know, you would think, by the way, that all the way in the future we would have like video cameras. I was video yep, evidence. I was waiting for you to jump on that. Yeah, well, yeah. You yes. brought it up. Yes. How is it that you know, the twenty yeah. third century and the spaceship that spans the entire that, that spans the galaxies? We we don't have this video evidence it's, that should be everywhere. The, the problem is, I'll tell you right now, it's mm-hmm. storage. You got to store all that footage somewhere, and you can't just store you know millions and millions of data. Mm-hmm. Of, Bits oh, really? and bites on, really? a, on a starship. Oh, really? That's, you can't. Nah, I don't know. You don't. <laughs> 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 Although back then, since they were making it in '66, you know they would. If such a thing existed, they'd have all of these giant reels of of, of tape and film that they would have, you know, been. Oh yeah, here's all of our security cam footage. Yeah, Who have fun. Pile through this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And so. Kirk then gives him, like, I don't know, some sort of a talk about trying to get over Yeoman Rand and moving on and fitting in with everybody. And listen. He's having the birds and the bees talk. Basically. Yeah. 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 He, he does give him the advice of, well, he asks him, Charlie asks him, well, if if someone's not loving you back, what do you do? And he tells him to, like, go slow. Well, you can take it slow. He does that. He also tells him, which I think is is, is a, a sort of a sophisticated thought, is that just because you want it doesn't mean that the other person wants it, and you can't only be thinking about yourself. You got to try to think about the other person. And, the, you know, but Charlie is not sophisticated enough to handle that. It's whatever he wants, you know. It's it's he's almost of the mindset of a dog, you know. Right? <laughs> right? The dog. dog the yeah. dog is just thinking. Oh, I want the I want the toy. I yes. want the I want the biscuit. I yeah. want whatever it is. Yeah. Not thinking how you're going to feel, how you you might be hurt, or you know how it's going to bother you in some way. And so that's where he's at. And it makes again, it makes sense because he hasn't been brought up. In real, you know, human civilization. All right. Next stop. Next stop. (laughs) The best scene (laughs) in this episode. Even better than Spock with the harp. I want to point out there are no red shirts in this episode. Oh. (laughs) No, but there are some red pants. Oh, well, yeah. We see some red pants in this next scene. Yeah, I guess so. In which Kirk decides to... Take Charlie to the gym and, you know, work on some, uh, some fighting technique. And in this in this scene, we have a shirtless Kirk wearing some tight spandexy Star Trek pants. And you know they're Star Trek pants because they have the emblem on them. Oh, do they really? Yes. Oh, yeah, they absolutely do. Charlie. Oh, yeah, that's is, right. Is yeah, wearing yeah. some sort of a really... 
feminine looking robe because I guess he doesn't want to be shirtless. Uh, that also has the Star Trek emblem on it as well. It's for the guests that want to become, um, you know, candy stripers at the <laughs> at the Star Trek hospital. I did see this and wonder if you would like to have those pants, Joey. Would you like the Kirk's red pants with the with the logo on them? Mm, well, do I do I have to go shirtless? No, you don't have to go shirtless. Just the pants. Yeah. I'm just curious if you would like them. You know, still like I would not like, like, like pants. pajama pants. You know. No, no, no. Those they're a little they're a little bit on the tight side. <laughs> they are snug. Um <laughs> I guess if I guess if I want to play the part of Superman or Spider Man later, oh those God. are the right pants. Those are definitely the right yes. If you're yes. playing like Superman and you're playing like a seventies or eighties version of Superman or Spider Man. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Uh so yeah. all right. And so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna show you some falls. You're gonna do some falls with me. Um, and there's another guy there. Sam. Sam. Good old Sam. Sam, help me out here. Here, right. uh, first, Sam's going to throw me. And then Sam throws him, and Kirk does a roll. And now I'm going to do it to him. And then it goes the other way. And the thing about Charlie is that what we've learned so far is he's anything but sensitive. Right? Like, he's he's a tough guy. He can handle it. <laughs> Uh, actually, I believe that's the exact opposite. Oh, of, uh, oh, oh! Of, of what has happened here. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And, and this is where the 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 gig's gonna be up in in a second here, with with Charlie. I think it's jig. You're right. I don't know why I said somebody else <laughs> had told me gig, but you're right. It's, the jig is up. Why did I say gig? I don't know. I think it's. I thought I thought you were trying to tell me that we're done. Yeah, with this episode. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I got fired already. Yeah, the gig is up. <laughs> this whole gig is over. The gig is up. I've had enough. I've had enough of this with this freaking kid and shirtless Kirk. By the way, Kirk's in pretty good shape. I gotta say, I'm. Imp- I was a little impressed. Were you? Yeah, you like, liked it. Uh, look, he looks pretty good. He's pretty buff. I get, you know, a decent shape. All right, in better shape than I would have guessed. Maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It's hard to tell. Well, those shirts they wear are terrible. It is hard to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. You know, by the way, I don't know if you remember this, but at one point when I was a child, I had a Star Trek shirt. I do not. What oh, color was it? It was the gold. It was no the kidding. Gold. Yes. How, what did you do to merit gold? I, I don't know, but I, I kind of wanted blue. I kind of wanted the Spock blue because I liked blue, but I didn't really like Mr. Spock and I didn't want to be Mr. Spock. So the idea, I was like, all right, well, I would have the gold one. And I remember that the 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 emblem kind of flaked off a little bit, but it also had like the the things around the sleeves. Yeah, those bars, the, right? The, yeah, the bars around the wrists. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I had you the, had one? This was in Long Island. So were you were like eight or nine or I something? No, I was probably like younger, six or seven. Really? No, yes. I don't remember that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, this this thought popped into my head recently. Why do you love Kirk so much? Yeah, that's why. And one day I hope to get those pants. So he does a couple of falls. Then he tries to do it with Charlie. It doesn't go so well. And when it doesn't go so well, Sam, who's now just watching, laughs at him. <laughs> but it's kind of in, not like uh, overly critical or overly mocking. Just like, ah, that's kind of fun. Charlie doesn't take it so well and wishes Sam into the cornfield. He gives him a look. His <laughs> eyes roll back. Sam literally just disappears. 
Just gone. Yes. And what happens at that moment is Kirk suddenly realizes it happened in front of him. Yes. And now he knows, oh, shit, this is it. This is like whatever I was mildly suspicious of, this is a whole other level. It's a whole other level. I don't even know what to do. And it's funny because clearly he could do a lot of things with his mind. And Kirk's reaction is, all right. Let me get a couple of guys in here yep. to, to to take him in. And that doesn't go well. No. Which, you know, you, you kind of could see coming, by the way. Right. Two men from security on the double. Affirmative. What are you going to do to me? I'm confining you to quarters. I want you to stay there. I won't let them hurt me. I'll make them go away, too. Anyone who's going to take try to take Charlie... He's not going to take it so well. Well, Charlie also knows that the gig is... I'm sorry. The jig is up. See? It's contagious. Right. So he knows that he's been exposed. And so it doesn't matter anymore. He's not trying to protect his power or hide his power anymore. He's like, no, 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 no. Those guys, they're not going to be able to handle me. Yes. Right. He he knocks them down with his mind. Their phasers disappear when they go to shoot him. And it is the sort of thing where you think, well... How do you deal with a problem like this kid? Because <laughs> this kid is clearly a problem. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know what you're going to do with him. You're just going to stay away from him is all I can figure. Right. Like, I kept thinking, can they just, you know, trick him into the transporter and just beam him down to a planet and just be like, bye-bye? Oh, so like they tried to do with Gary Mitchell. Yes, exactly. Like they tried to do with Gary Mitchell. Although I do wonder... Is Charlie's power, uh, does it matter how far away you are? Like, could he, Well, look what he did to the Antares. That, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. There's like, got to be some sort of limit. We don't know the limits, though. Yeah. And we're not going to know. No, it, it, it does just seem like he's limitless. And so... We also... Well, we do know this. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is that they are all within the proper proximity. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. They are all within the proper yes. proximity of this friggin' yes. kid. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah. So, all right, so our next scene is Kirk, could, he's in the, the the conference room, which this conference room has come up a few times. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. He's in there with Spock and McCoy, and it's like, what are we going to do? And they don't really know exactly what to do. It's funny because I'm thinking, all right, the thing to do is somebody else, somebody talks to him. You get Yeoman Rand to talk to him. Yep. And someone comes from behind and smashes his head in. Yeah. Because I'm, uh, I am thinking, you got to kill this guy. You have to kill him. There's no other way around this other than killing him. I would suggest that the thing that I talked about in the Gary Mitchell episode. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's the where no man has gone before. It was the second pilot. That got all of these other stories to be produced. Yes. Like this one. Yes. That I, I talked a lot about how Spock was so different in that one. And remember, his response to this kind of situation was exactly what you just said. Yes, it was. It was kill him. Yeah. And, you know, he was the only guy, as much as he's all about logic and everything, he was the guy that kept running for weapons. Right? He yeah. showed up with the, you know, with, with the holster. He showed up with the laser cannon. The giant laser cannon. Right? Yes, yes right? Like, you know, he's the one. Somebody says, uh, I, I think it's Scotty. 
says, so by the way, did Spock show up with the laser cannon? And Kirk's like, I didn't order a laser cannon. Boom, and here comes Spock with his Big massive gun. Yes. Right, right, right. Yeah. But in this episode, he's not talking about that. He also, in the in the pilot, he kept pushing Kirk. He said, you have to kill him now while you can because he's going to get too powerful and we won't be able to do anything about it. He insisted, he pushed, he wouldn't stop. He was almost emotional about and frantic about you know how insistent he was in this he's very this is the finished version of Spock right or or just about the finished version of Spock where he's just you know uh, calmly giving his you know perspective yes. of w- how he views the situation it's it's emotionless for the most part mm-hmm. it is not hey you have to kill him you have to kill him now you know, and, but that's what you're saying here, and I can understand why because no one knows how to communicate with this kid. And now that he feels and realizes that he's been exposed, all bets are off. Yes. Yeah. So what do you do? I like your idea. You know. Yeah. Go ahead. Bring in the bait, being Yeoman Rand, and see if you can, you know, knock him unconscious, and then you know, deal with him after that. So you're funny. You're saying knock him unconscious. I'm saying smash his head in. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I I understand. I'm that. saying you know, phasers on full power, on full blast. Well, as you as you become more and more familiar and acquainted with the show, you'll start to appreciate Kirk's. You know, vision of things, which is to be compassionate at all times. You're not looking to kill if you don't have to kill. Mm. You just can you control this situation? Well, I don't. I, I think maybe vengeance for Sam or for the Antares. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking all kinds of things. We don't even know where Sam went. We don't know where he went. Yes, he just went into the nether world. Right. He's in the negative zone. That's fair. Yeah. So anyway, mm-hmm. then we have a scene on the bridge, right, and. On the bridge, <laughs> on the bridge, they are going wherever they are going. They're now kind of diverting to take him somewhere else. Like wherever their plan was, they're now going to go in some other direction. And Charlie is aware of it. Comes on the bridge, makes all of all of the technology go haywire. Starts making Spock saying nursery rhymes or poems or something. Yeah, he thinks it's funny, too. And he thinks it's funny. And it, it goes on until Kirk tells him to cut it out. And it's interesting is that Kirk tells him, leave my crew alone. And it works. It does. He backs down. Yep. Cause, yep. Cause, you know why? Because Kirk's the man. <laughs> I'm totally in. I'm totally in in a whole like Kirk swoon. Are you? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yes. No, he's the man. <laughs> Leave my crew alone. Like he knows that the guy has super brain power and is still going to tell him, "Hey, yeah. you leave my crew alone." And he does. He listens to him. He leaves. Kirk is amazing, isn't he? Yes, he is kind of. Yeah, amazing. I'm, I'm glad you're coming. I'm cl- glad you're starting to realize this. That Kirk is like one of the most amazing characters. Of all time, he is a great character, and also the the way Shatner plays him oh, yeah. is great. I, of course, absolutely. I don't know that anybody else could do it, but yeah, it's the fact that he's he's just witnessed what this kid is capable of doing. If you mm-hmm. if you make him angry, yes. and that doesn't that doesn't stop him from still uh, taking control of the situation. He's still saying, "I don't care." How big you are He's like He's acting like his father Right He's acting like the father You know Like the Let's say he, The 5 foot 10 father Of a 7 foot 
you know, Shaquille O'Neal monster, yeah. right? Yeah. Where you're, I don't care. I'm still in control of you, and if I need to, I'll grab you by the ear, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, That's couldn't right. you just imagine that yeah. kind of thing happening? And he yeah. and 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 he's just so focused on the fact that Kirk is ultimately the steward and protector of these 400 plus people on this ship and he takes it incredibly seriously he has signed on to that with his, with every fiber of his being and he is not going to back down and show fear to this kid even if it means his ultimate demise he's just not going to do that he's not yeah. wired that way yeah. um it just that's just not how he is and it's working at this point this kid is backing down yeah uh however Unfortunately, uh, because Charlie's had his feelings hurt, walking out into the hallway, he then sees oh well, mini me, <laughs> mini Yeoman Rand, and yeah. well, for no reason in particular other than he's not in a good mood, he decides to turn her into an iguana. Yeah, this is like um, the kid that's uh, the bad kid in the neighborhood that's upset, and now he's going to just like randomly um, yeah. create some uh, some damage. Yes, exactly. Right. I am hurt. I am going to take out my uh, my feelings this way. I see you. It's 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 an odd choice, by the way. She even just says this. hello. Yeah, she's nice to him. Yeah, ex- exactly. There's no reason for it, and also an iguana is an odd choice. <laughs> like I thought he was going to make her disappear is what was going He's to creative. Yeah. But no no no. This time <laughs> and this is the only animal he turned somebody into. Is it Maybe he's only known that animal. Remember, he hasn't seen a lot of things. That's true. That's true. Now in I could tell What you, else does he do? That's all he does right here. I I don't I I yeah, I There's a, there are other random acts of vandalism as he walks through the ship. Is it, it's it's still right there? It's, it's right after this? I think so. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to have to investigate this for a second here. Because I didn't notice it. The key moment. Yeah, I know. I know what I'm talking about. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let me get it back. You're going to have some editing to do, aren't you? Uh, yeah, but it's not a lot. And okay. I'll, I'll find it. There's okay. editing in all the time. Okay. Yeah, but, but more with this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm picking that. Right. Okay, here's Iguanaton. Yep. He makes that, the face he makes is hilarious. I wonder if they do something to his eyes, because it does look like they disappear. Oh, oh, oh yeah, they're, right? they're gone. Yes. So maybe he's got contacts in there. Got a smug smile. It is a fake Iguana. See? It? it doesn't move. No, it doesn't move. Right. See, but no, the next scene is him oh, yeah, going right. into right. seeing Yeoman right. Rand. You're right. And he's got a plan for love. Which I would think at this point, maybe you'd give that up, or maybe you'd have to use your mind. You would just use your mind to make her love you back. Maybe he doesn't have that ability. He goes in there with a pink rose because pink is her favorite, and it must be because her room has pink lights and she's wearing some sort of pink dress. It's not even. It's not even a dress. It's like a nightgown. Yeah, it's a nightgown, right? I mean, it's her. It's her personal quarters. And you know he barged in without knocking, and she makes that um, makes that point very clear to him. Yes. So hey. he thinks he's being Mister Suter, and she's saying, "Listen, I don't care what you're thinking. You're not supposed to barge in here without knocking." That's yeah. I and wonder. he doesn't seem to think that that's a problem because now he wants to get closer to her. Yeah. You know what's funny about that is that 
I wonder, did she not get the memo that he's some sort of uh, near omnipotent being? I don't think she did. Yeah, I don't think she knows. Wait, because what, what I don't she think she would handle him that way. She hasn't seen anything. Yeah. She just thinks that he's a he's a male, yeah. right, that could hurt her. Yes. So, like, now it's gone too far because he's actually barged into her room when she's, like, getting ready for bed almost. Yes. Right? So now she has to hit the, uh, the secret uh, alarm. Right? To get help. Yes. She goes ahead and she flips a button so now people on the bridge can hear. And Kirk and Spock go and, and check it out. I got to tell you, now this is where I find that this is, this to me, this would be one of the flaws of the show is that why are they going? I, oh, I think that all the time. Like yeah. when they go down to the planet and when they do stuff, I'm like, why is No, it no, I think the planet's like, different. I I mean, this to me is a completely, it's completely a security situation. You send the henchmen down there. Yeah. If you want to go there too, that's okay. But you can't send yourself and Spock, except for the possibility, uh, I'll say in this situation, that is his personal yeoman. You know, so he mm-hmm. feels, you know, a personal connection. He's got to run down there. Yeah. It's Box's buddy. But still, there needs to be security guys going there with, with weapons and that sort of thing. And they, they need to get there first. Maybe his thought process is that Charlie will still listen to me. Charlie will, will stop if he's... I feel like it's probably more like he's just going to get down there because he's got to. Yeah. But so, regardless. So he, he, you know, he gets a little fresh with Yeoman Rand. She slaps him. He goes ahead and, and sends her away as well. He does that little face. Kirk and Spock show up, and they're of no use. They're of no match for Charlie and his power. Well, what happens? He, he goes ahead and he, he s- sends them flying to the ground and, I don't know, gives Kirk some massive heartburn because he starts uh, calling out in pain. There's something that's going on inside him. In his chest. Yeah, in his chest. And then we find out about Spock. His legs oh, are broken. His legs are broken. That's yep. right. Right. Yeah. He can't and, get up. And I gotta say, Spock handles that very well. <laughs> like if my legs were broken, <laughs> there's a lot of yelling that would be going on. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's Spock. Why can't you? Well, I can't get up, Captain. My legs are broken. Yep. Yeah. He handles it like so well. And yes. yes. And it's not as though. All right. There's something wrong with my legs. They're not moving. He knows that they're broken. He just knows. He just knows. Right. So he knows he can't get up. He can't move. He's disabled. Yeah. That's, right. That's right. kind right. of a crazy thing. Right. So when he so then Charlie releases Kirk and because he knows that as powerful as he is, he actually needs Kirk to help him run the ship. Yes, to run the ship. And then Kirk says, well, you, what, about, what about my guy here? And he's like, you don't need him. He says, yes, I do. My legs, they're broken. Let him go too, Charlie. Why? Because I'm telling you to. Because you need me to run the ship, and I need him. So release him. And so he fixes his legs, and boom, now he's ready to go. (laughs) Now he's ready to go. Yeah. All right, so a little bit later, Kirk and uh, Charlie are walking down the hallway, and now they want to do the idea that you had in mind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they now they realize. So they are trying your idea. They are, but their their execution of this, they, what they've come up with, is very foolish. They have decided. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, walk him into this room, and once he gets into the it's room, the brick. It's yeah, whatever. Once he gets in, we're going to have a force field. And that'll keep him in there. It worked for Gary Mitchell. 
Gary Mitchell did not have godlike powers. Yes, he did. Well, not this godlike. Not with his mind. Well, they don't know the extent of his power. Oh, man. I, I've seen they enough. don't. I've seen enough. Well, they know I've that he can send enough. people. Here's what they know. They know that he can send people away. Yes. Kirk has seen him send two people away. Yes. Right? Um, and and if he, and if he's putting all the pieces together, then he knows that he can melt the chess pieces, that he can turn the meatloaf into turkeys. I don't know that he's done all that. Uh-huh. Um, but and but he, I think he does know that he has something to do with the Antares. That is the big one right there. Of course, right. That is the big one. Right. So, all right, so they lure him into the brig. He walks in. He's the only one who goes into the into this room. He realizes, hey, aren't you guys coming in here with me? He goes to walk out of the room. It's electrified. He gets a shock, falls to the ground, and stands up, and then decides, all right, I'm going to get out of here, and I'm going to get out of here by taking the entire wall. I'm going to now the wall is gone. He walks out. Listen, you had a nice little plan, but uh, it wasn't very good. Right, and he also says he's going to make him pay later. Yeah, right, right. Which is not what you want to hear if you're Kirk when you think you have some sort of hold over the guy. Yeah, he's like, no, no, no. You know, now I'm I, I'm keeping score now. And it's it's not going in your favor. Yeah, and and all right. So th- this is where you get to your scene. By the way, oh yeah, this is where we get to your scene. <laughs> all right. So right after this happens, Charlie is pissed. Oh, he's mad. He is pissed, and he's walking down the hallway. And it, I, I, I first of all, he encounters some other lady with a fantastically sixties hairdo. Yes, and he decides to turn her into an old lady. Which a very young lady into an old lady into an old lady, which is an improvement over being turned into an iguana or disappearing altogether. And then he encounters a couple of some some just some people laughing in the hallway. We only see their silhouettes, and he tells them to stop laughing. And uh, he walks away. And then what do we see, Joey? What happens? We see one of the people that appears that was laughing. Yes. Walking around, feeling her way around the hallway. Yes. She has to do that because she has no eyes, ears, or nose. Yeah, he like got rid of her mouth. He got rid of her face. Right. She's, I don't know. Right. She's, she's now a blank. Right. And the way I, I got to tell you, so when I watched it here, yeah. it looked so, it did not look the same. When I remember it, it, it just looked, it looked so scary to me. Yeah. I don't know what you thought, but I thought, okay, it looks to me like, you know, the special effect is not so good. All right. Yeah. The special effect is not so good. Yeah. It, it does have somewhat of, a, of of an effect because I saw it and I thought, whoa, like that, <laughs> it, that did happen. Oh, so that did work for you? It, it, like on a very mild level, but yeah. it was a, uh, oh, that's a surprise. So I think that this is where, you know, today's televisions, the remastering that they did, it actually does that effect a disservice. So if you just try to imagine this on your 13-inch, you know, SD TV, you know, 200 lines of resolution back in 1973, you know, that was actually really impressive. It just was. It was like, what the heck, you know? And also, it also felt like I saw it so much shorter. Like, I could see it here, and it seemed like I could see it so clearly. Mm-hmm. I could see, like, the mask that was over her face almost. It didn't <laughs> yes. match. Yes. You, it didn't match, like, the top of her forehead. The skin color was yes. different or something, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Could never have seen that back then. So, I don't know. I mean, it just could be because I'm older and more sophisticated. It could be the, the technology of the TVs. 
you know, and all that. I just know that back then it was it. it, it I probably had bad dreams about it for a while. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. But you were still impressed anyway, though. Well, yeah, because it was a surprise. I, I didn't, you know, you didn't see that coming. And, and she does like she's trying to talk and she can't. Like, oh yeah, clearly an effect is happening. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, she's okay. definitely not doing well. And and that was she's the one that maybe came out of it better because the other silhouettes they're frozen. Yeah, they're not moving. Right. Yeah. So yeah. let's say that there's three people in that hallway. Let's just say two of them are frozen. Because we see the shadows just not moving anymore, and then we see her groping her way around the hall. I don't know how she's still alive without, you know, a, a, a way to breathe. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Maybe she doesn't live after that. <laughs> Maybe those are her last moments. <laughs> Maybe. It Maybe. Is. I don't know. <laughs> I should have laughed at it. No, you shouldn't. All right. So next on the bridge, we have Captain Kirk deciding... All right, I've had enough of this crap. I've had enough of this kid. I'm going to take him on. Yes. He, says. he actually uses that phrase. Yes, he does. He wants to take him on. That's his and makeup. He is advised against doing this from McCoy and Spock. <laughs> Have you lost your mind? You're not going to win. And Kirk said, no, I've had enough. I've waited long enough. I'm going to take him on. You don't have any special immunity? Not anymore? Push far enough, he'd send you off to oblivion too. This is fun. Out of the question. And he comes up with a plan that I, I don't know how much sense it makes, but okay. All right, if we turn on all of the devices, because he's controlling the ship, and obviously a lot of things aren't working or aren't on because maybe he can only devote so much of his mind to controlling so much of the ship. So Kirk's idea is, well... Let's turn on all of the devices. Let's turn everything on at once. He'll be overloaded, and he won't be able to to handle it all. And and protect himself if I come after him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now it, it it's really kind of funny how it happens. All right. So Charlie's on the ship, and or he's on the bridge, and then they're they're talking, and. McCoy and Spock are in tandem are are, are are turning everything on and they're doing it and then they're looking at, at, yes. at Charlie and they're doing it and they're moving on to the next thing yes. and I'm thinking it's very funny it's it's very funny how yes. it looks yes and, and they're I'm not also, like randomly doing things on their own no exactly like like you would be just sort they of they like are literally clever. doing it in tandem in tandem intentionally <laughs> showing it yes look we're now we're going to turn this on. We're pressing yeah. these buttons. Now we're turning this on. Yes. Yeah, it's it's almost yes. like a show that, yeah. that, that they're they're performing. And Charlie's like looking around like what the hell's what the hell's going on? Yeah, what is going on? Yes. Why are you guys why are you guys being so nerdy? <laughs> I don't understand what's right. happening in this right. part. Right. But it does seem to work. Yeah. He does seem to be distracted and Kirk, So Kirk's kind of, theory is looking like it's working. Yes. And Kirk goes for it, but it it doesn't work out initially. You know, he, he, he does get that, that chest pain at first, you know, and then as more devices are being turned on, Charlie has a moment where Kirk is about to belt him. Yes. Like he's got him. He does. And I'm honestly looking forward to it. Like, <laughs> yes, please punch this kid. Okay. Punch him into oblivion. I would love to see that. But that doesn't happen. We get an interruption because now that the communicator is on, uh, we're, we're getting we're getting some communication from some other. You're gonna have to explain this to me. All right, Thesis from Thesis. It's a, it's a ship from Thesis. It's a ship from Thesis that is uh, that appears on the screen as some sort of greenish vapor, some sort of green vapor ship 
has shown up at a very opportune moment in yes. time. Yeah. Yeah. And they're there. I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I know. Charlie doesn't like that this ship is there. He's freaked out. Don't let them take don't don't let them take he me. He knows what's going on. Yeah, he knows. They're going to take me. I don't want to go. And it, it, all of a sudden, I'm thinking, wait, it, it, it's like his parents have shown up. Exactly. To take him home. Yes. yes. And, a, and a, a floating green head appears on the bridge and is like, all right. No, not on the bridge. No? Oh, no. You're, I'm sorry. You're right. It is on the bridge. Yeah. It's, right. it's a floating right. green head. Yes. And it's, yes. it looks like an old guy. And he's like, all right. You've had enough of your fun. Right. Come home. <laughs> Charlie's right. freaking out. Please don't let me take them. And while this happens, I don't really like do, do they do they make him? Oh no, that's right. They announce the guy, the green head. All right, we're we've undone all of the stuff that he's done. Right. Everything that he did, we're undoing it. But we have returned your people and your ship. Everything is as it was. With thus, one exception. I'm sorry? With one exception. What's the one exception? The Antares. Oh. They well, couldn't bring that back. That's a lot to bring back. You got to push that whole... It's a lot of pieces to put back together. <laughs> that would take a long time. So... <laughs> well, remember... But Yeoman Rand is back. I'm sure that girl has her face back. You know. Well, and also remember a back. lot of the things that he does. Yeah. When I think it's when he sent Sam away. No, is it when he sent Yeoman Rand away? He said, "Where is she?" And he said that he wasn't going to tell him. Yes. So it doesn't. It does seem like the, those people may not be dead. Yeah, like he puts them somewhere. Yeah, yeah. wherever that could be, another dimension. Yeah, I don't know exactly. Another right. But for some reason, right. Yeoman Rand shows up on the bridge when when she comes. That Sam is... does not show up on the bridge. I'd like to think he he shows right. up somewhere. Right. But not on the bridge. Right. Right. That's true. Now, now it's interesting because I would think at this point Kirk is like, "All right, good, go go home to your parents, and just get the hell out of here, and I'm going to be free of this headache, of this nightmare that's been going on." But Char- as Charlie pleads mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, to to not go, to stay on the Enterprise, Kirk thinks about it and makes a plea. A plea. Well, listen. He's here with his own kind, with humans, and we we can teach him. Right. We can show him how to how to not use his powers, how to interact. We can mature him. He will learn our ways. And it's nope, nope. That's not going to happen. Says the giant green head. No, no. What's going to happen is either he's going to destroy all of you, or you're going to have to destroy him. One or the other is going to happen. Which, by the way, they're right. At some point. The boy belongs with his own kind. That would be impossible. With training, we can teach him to live in our society. If he can be taught not to use his power. We gave him the power so he could live. He will use it. Always. And he would destroy you and your kind. Or you would be forced to destroy him to save yourselves. That's... Well, so they're coming at it from the perspective of... You know, they're this incredibly advanced species. Yes. And they know how these things work. Yeah. And so they made the decision to save this, this being. And the way that they did it was to grant him this power. But, na- but the, you know, the, 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 the trade-off is that he can't really be with humans 
that are not at his level. No, um, and, and and not even close. No, he he, really. especially when he's as immature as he is. Oh, look, I got I got no love for this kid. No, I know that, and yeah. uh, I know that, but but no it, compassion. I got gotcha, you, but you know, as a father, yeah, which I am, by the way, right? Yeah, then you know what it's like to uh, you know have someone in your life that is immature and doesn't understand and is very upset, mm-hmm. um, and you still care. You still care, and that's ultimately what they're looking at. Charlie is saying, "Listen, you don't understand." These these beings, they don't feel you can't touch them. It's a horrible life for a human being. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that because, I mean, the one guy is apparently made out of some vapor. Right. He flies around on a, vape, on a vapor ship. <laughs> right. And, and he, they, <laughs> they fly away on a vapor ship as well. And it, the effect is really funny. Because it's 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 the black it's the black screen of space, yes. and then all of a sudden this ship just kind of comes in, it just moves shoop, out. It does. and then when it leaves, it leaves yeah. in the exact way it came. It's, it's not they, the best effect. They just went it's, ahead and, and, and yes. played that little clip in reverse. Yeah, they probably shoop. did. They probably did. Yes. <laughs> so they beamed. They go ahead and decide. Uh, look, we're taking Charlie. That's all there is to it. They do, and that's pretty. That's it. The episode ends. There's no big discussion afterward there's no real epilogue to this story it actually ends on a down note it does it ends on a down note because they weren't able to keep him even though Kirk did try and I give him credit for for attempting to to do what he thought was the right thing and in, in keeping that that pain in the ass around however it is it's a total downer the Antares is gone they can't do anything about it and that's it that's the end we're done it's incredibly sad that it ends this way it just it just is like you know they ultimately want to save this kid and even though yes he did some very bad things most of them were rectified now there's a pretty big one that isn't right there's people on that other ship the Antares are dead God. that's true yeah but you don't take the you don't take the kid from the jungle that was raised by the wolves and you know send him back to the jungle with the wolves you know, you know, you 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 bring him back into your society, and you try to raise him like a human, and mm-hmm. and and do the best for him. And Kirk does try, like you mentioned, he does. You know, say, hey, you know, we could, we could, you know, send him to school, and you know, we could, you know, teach him these things, and and like you, like you mentioned, they know that none of that's going to work because the power is in him already. Yes, and there's no way for him to ever control that power he's Ooh. going to be annoyed and yes. it's actually very similar to what Spock said in the Gary Mitchell pilot that eventually that the humans are going to become gnats and annoyances to to Gary Mitchell uh, yeah, it, right absolutely I, I, right. I listen how many people need to die in the name of this kid learning how to be a human and how to fit in with society. If another person, if one more person dies, is it like, well, all right, yeah, but he's just a boy. He doesn't know. Like, how many times do you say that before? It's like, okay, maybe we should do something about this kid, like bash his head in. Okay, but 
that is going to continue to be the override one of the overriding themes of, of Star Trek, which mm-hmm. is compassion, 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 compassion. Yeah. They're not this is not the shoot 'em up Western. This isn't the stories of Wyatt Earp and Billy the Kid, you know, or other things that may or may not have happened in TV shows like Gunsmoke, which were on back then, or TV shows like The Fugitive or whatever. This isn't like that. This isn't the FBI files. You know, this is... We need a little... You know what? Is there a, a Charles Bronson guest-starring episode? Of, no, uh, no, no, Can we no. Can we get th- of that? I think you're going to have you're gonna have to wait for that another couple of years uh. before that starts to happen. And that's not going to happen in Star Trek for the most part. I'm not saying people don't die. Obviously, they well, die. Sure, but I mean, I mean for, for this one, for this kid here... Yeah, well, he's... Be- because he's innocent. Because oh, it's ridiculous that... You know, on in one sense, that's what you're arguing. This kid's a killer. That's yes. kind of what you're saying. Yes, but he doesn't know that he's a killer. He doesn't know. He will eventually figure it out and become, uh, you know, more mature and get a handle on things. But in in, in the time between now and when that would happen, the destruction that would be in his wake. Who could say? Okay, well that's fine, but the ultimate, but the reason that it ends in a somber note, which I think is great, it's a great thing for the show, is that they they lost the opportunity to save one of their own, and they didn't even have a say in it, and they also probably know that it was the right decision for for them, but they're they're they can't help but think of what a horrible life this kid has. He didn't ask for it. Yeah. He didn't ask to be, you know, put in that situation to, you know, to be raised by these be these other beings to be given that power and, you know, you, I I think that part of you, you know, should be able to feel for him because he yeah, looks at you with the with the, he does look at you with the boy wonder eyes. Yeah. He just he just wants Yeoman Rand to like him. He really does want to be accepted. At the very beginning, when he talks about the people on the Antares, he says that they didn't like him. Yes, he does. You know, so he's awkward. He can't fit in, you know. And, you know, a lot of us, when we were 16, 17 years old, have been there. It's a very difficult puberty that he's having. It is. uh, It's, yes. He's destroying everyone. Right. I understand. Right. (laughs) So, okay. So so that's the end of the episode. Yes. So it sounds to me like you've evolved a little bit um, in some in some ways. I'm not saying in a, in, in a good or positive positive or negative way, but that you were surprised or that you you reached some new conclusions about this show just a little bit. So like you talked a lot about a fair amount about. The character that Kirk is. Yes, Kirk is a great character. Totally enjoy Kirk. Uh, you know, I I do appreciate his uh, the compassionate side of him, but I am just impressed at his just overall awesomeness. Like he just has an overall awesome aura about him, and uh, the way that Shatner plays him, he's so supremely confident in 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 so many different scenarios and he's not scared of things he's 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 a, uh, I don't even want to say that he's like a man's man because that kind of puts it in a in a different area than I'm I'm trying to put him in he's just a guy who knows exactly who he is and exactly what what he wants to do and how to do it I don't know I I have a, a great appreciation for him how would uh how do you think 
Jeffrey Hunter would have fared if he had stayed on. Jeffrey Hunter is nowhere near as cool as this. Like, it's not even close. Like, it's not even remotely close. And it's, it's, I don't want to, like, have a knock because obviously Hunter had the one episode, right. and the one script that he was given. Right. So he had to play it a certain way. And Pike was obviously a very differently written character. Sure. You know? But it's also the first attempt, and always the second attempt is going to be better. Yeah, you're going to realize you know more perspective. Absolutely, right, 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 right. But yeah, I mean, this is this is a great moment for Shatner, and I think anybody that's watching this show in 1966 is going, "Wow, they're they're kind of blown away." Now, at the same at the same time, I might suggest back to you that all right, how many times are we going to start seeing the 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 alien? That is all, you know, encompassing power, and that they don't know That's, how to handle it. I know, I know. It's this is now. All right, this is our fourth episode. We've seen it twice. Well, yes, we've seen it twice. Um, mm-hmm. Now, or, technically, or, or I don't know. Do you want to do you want to count the man trap because that was a pretty powerful alien? No, I don't. Wouldn't count the man trap yet, but I think you could go there. But I'm yeah. thinking more like no, the cage. Well, the ca- although the viewers haven't seen the cage, you're right. But still, that's it's pretty similar. Yeah, the cage, and then we had it with the uh, with Gary so and so, Gary and Mitchell. Now this friggin' kid. Yeah. So it it does seem like I I'm going to continue to enjoy these episodes. I mean, mm-hmm. the first season I think is just so freaking awesome, mm-hmm. and um, there's there's more good stories to come. There are there's one great story that was not written right away. Um, as part of the the three or f- I think it's four episodes that they wrote and they presented them to the the executives and they said okay make this one the the, the one with Gary Mitchell make this one the pilot mm-hmm. but they but there's some others that they decided to make into episodes later which one of which is coming up much later but and that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, this one was written by D.C. Fontana. Are you familiar with that name? No. Legendary uh, female writer, science fiction writer. Ah. Won tons and tons of awards. Um, I think that she's the one that has written the most Star Trek episodes. I may not be correct about that. That's but, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, she goes back a long way um, and, and and did a lot of things in the you know after Star Trek. Won tons of awards, like I said. Her name is, I think, Dorothy Fontana. She's um, l- widely recognized for having written some of the best episodes of of Trek, and this is a great example of that. Okay. Um, of course, you know Gene Roddenberry has his hand in everything. He does all the rewrites and constant rewrites and stuff like that. So we don't know exactly how much is her in any episode. Um, But nonetheless, if it's a great episode, she probably had a huge hand in it in some way. And um, I've also heard that she might be one of the most, um, among the living people of of Star Trek, that she might be one of the most truly knowledgeable people about everything that Star Trek is supposed to be. I would imagine so. That yeah, would make sense. since she she invented a lot of it, I'm impressed that uh, that DC Fontana. I did see the name because it's one of the names that pops up right at the end. Yeah, uh, that that's a woman. Yeah, yeah, Dorothy something Fontana. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So okay, All right. so um, it sounds to me like you've made a little bit of progress. Perhaps I'm hoping because we're trying to turn you into a truck fan. That's right. 
Right. So my own my own personal number on this. So now wait. So where uh, were we before? Uh, I believe we we were at a number fifteen. We were at number fifteen on the scale. Right, and the week before, I think we were at number twelve. We're at number twelve. So yeah. you jumped from twelve to fifteen. Yeah, twelve to fifteen. Now we're trying to get to where? A hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. A long way to go. Right, and yeah. so you going from twelve to fifteen. Yeah. Uh, you know, I may have been a little disappointed in that. I I, I would. Yeah, I was happy I, with I the imagine. forward progress, but. Yes. You know, that was more like a Jets pass. Yeah. <laughs> didn't go very far. Went forward, but not very far. That's right. At least it didn't go backwards. That's true. Right. All right. So where do you think you're at? All right. This was, a, this was the best one I've seen so far. Oh, really? This was the best one. This okay. This was the most entertaining one. Great. Uh, I like the story. Okay. There was uh, some unintentional hilarity going on with Spock and a harp and uh, <laughs> Kirk with his uh, great space pajamas. That was fantastic. I didn't. You know what? I didn't even mention... Before that scene, the the intro to that scene where where they're working out in that in their gym, there is a shot of ladies doing some gymnastics, oh, like, right. like in the hallway, and they're going through yes. that really narrow, yes. funny hallway. They're like doing that like I talk uh, about yes, they're they're like what what do you call it? Uh, they're flipping over. What do you call the? Uh, I don't know what they're flipping over, man. Yes, I don't yes. know. It, it's like they're they're doing um like some handstands, yeah, handstands. Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And I, right. Like, what is this? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, like you could just isolate that clip and it would again just, enjoy yeah. the first season of Trek. It's great. You get all the extras. Yes. Oh, all that stuff's going away, huh? Eventually. I, yeah, yeah. Because all that stuff is great. It all is that, great. All that little it adds a little color. Now it is. It also adds a little bit of cheese to the show. But it does add a little bit of uh, maybe color. I, I, but you're looking at it from today's perspective. Maybe not so much cheese back then. Maybe I, um, what it does. What it does, whether it's cheese or not, yeah. it does make you aware that this is truly a huge, monstrous ship where yes. lots of things are happening. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe another way to to illustrate it, other than the, the ladies doing the somersaults. Like, yeah, they the might have been. Yeah, yeah. maybe you don't have to do it in the hallway. <laughs> I know. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe that doesn't make it seem so big after all, now yeah. that I think about it. <laughs> exactly. Got to do, no, do it in the same hallway where everybody else is walking through. <laughs> all right, so yeah. I will go ahead. I'm going to jump in ahead a big <laughs> 20 points. 20. Wait, you're going... So wait, are you... At, I'm going at, from 15... 35. Whoa! 35. That is huge. Big jump. You were very impressed. This was a great one. Okay. This was a great one. It was fun, and it it was fun. It was um, a little uh, thought-provoking, and it was also kind of funny at the same time. Okay, I yeah. think that the humor is probably unintended, but that's yes, okay. It is, but that's no, that's fine as yes. long as it keeps happening. That's great. Okay, look, as, right. as long as there's entertainment that's happening, that's all that really matters. Okay, I just want to be entertained. Yes, that's fine. Yes. So anyway, that is our end of this one for Charlie X. Joey, do you know where we're going next? Yes, we're going to a place known as the Naked Time. Oh my God! Yes, and time. and there's a very iconic moment mm. in that. I'm sure you've actually seen this. Oh, okay. This 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 uh, image. Okay. That uh, that we're going to be discussing uh, next week. It's going to be. It's another good episode. All right. Yeah, I'm 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 excited about it. I, It'll be good. Are there any, uh, let me ask you this question: Are there is there any episodes where you're going to say, "Oh, I'm not looking forward to this one"? Does that happen? I probably won't. 
put it in those words. I'll yeah. try not to put it in those words. Yeah, okay. yes. that's what I thought. Yes. All right, so that's it for us this time on Attempting Trek. Fans, you've got the con. <laughs>